Hey, Evan. What? What did the pirate say on his 80th birthday? What? I, matey. Aww. And welcome to the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. My name is Stephen Dutzman. I'm your host, as always. And this is episode 220. I'm joined this week by the Mistress of Magnificence, otherwise known as Mom, Linda Robel. How are you? I'm doing well, thank you. I said your title correctly without Amanda's assistance. She's taking this week off. I did it. I did it. And uh, You did it. Hooray! We do have another special <laughs> guest. We're gonna we're working on like a big string of guests uh, this week. We also have Jen Bartlett, the board game librarian. How are you, my friend? I haven't talked to you in so freaking long. I now I haven't talked to you in so long. I saw Linda last week, and Linda, I did not know of your spectacular tagline there. It's, <laughs> it's relatively so I new. I decree. A couple weeks ago, I used to decree. I'm like, wait, I don't have a title. We must fix this. So Amanda came up with that wonderful title. Yeah. Yeah. I just, get, I delegated. Yeah. I delegated. Don't mind the beeping. Uh, it is uh, pizza coming out for my oldest son. So mm-hmm. don't mind that. So, um, yeah, we are, we, I gave a, t- I give a title to all of our permanent co-hosts. And eventually uh, Linda just caught on the fact that we, that I had been super lazy and not given her one. So I delegated. Amanda did it. It worked. So it was great. Uh, so, Jen, you are the board game librarian because you are a librarian who also really likes board games. And so you decided hashtag branding and gave yourself a, a superhero name. I did. I did. So it's funny, too, talking to some people sometimes because they think that's like literally all that I work with at work is board games. Like that's my whole job is to be the board game Wouldn't librarian. Wouldn't that be great? Jeez, I'd be living the dream. Whew. Um, but yeah, so I am a for real librarian. There are people too who will say, what do you do for work? And I go, it's in my title. <laughs> it's <laughs> literally there. It's literally. But okay. Um, so yes, I'm a real life librarian casting magical librarian spells over... The town of Manchester. <laughs> Sounds great. And so you're back in the office now? Are you back in the back office? In the o- back in the office as of last week. I'm um, full time again this week. It's very weird being in a library building with no patrons in it. I have, I've spent quite a bit of time saying I could shout really loudly now. <laughs> and just. And who's going to tell I you want. to be quiet? Right? Who's no going to tell one. you to stop? No one. Not me. <laughs> Unfettered, complete, just just madness. You could do whatever you want. Can. Run screaming down the hall, throw books from the mezzanine down to the bottom floor. I mean, just crazy things. Would you really do that, though? Because, like, that could risk damaging the books. And my understanding is librarians are kind of, like, protective of the Libros, as they say. <laughs> No, no, no. I guess not. That's so, true. so you're you're a reference librarian, right? Is that what I remember? Like that's what you do, like about the board games, but you also do reference. 
Yeah, some that had a reference in adult services. So I work mostly with adults and some teens doing anywhere from technology help to helping you find your next favorite book to planning awesome and amazing programs, including our board game program at our library. Which I have been to, and I know Linda has been to also. If we were just like 15 minutes closer to me, it might be a little bit easier. But hey, I go there when I can. Uh, you run a you run a, a great show uh, as part of the board game program when you are allowed to have people gather. But unfortunately, you know, while the Fire Nation is attacking, we don't get to do any uh, big gatherings. But that's all going to change. It's all going to go back to normal. And we'll talk all about running some of those fun things and, you know, what it's like to put a board game into circulation because you guys have a, quite a selection uh, I would imagine largely because of your powerful networking skills with these various publishers. Um, so we'll talk about all of that and how fun that was. Um, but first, uh, we do have to talk about our sponsors. The Engage Family Gaming Podcast is sponsored by two things. Both of them are Amanda. She's not here this week, but we talk about it anyway. Amanda is a mixer streamer, so she is Ready Player Mom on Wednesdays right now, but expanding when the kids go back to school, uh, she plays Civilization VI and just repeatedly beats up Teddy Roosevelt. That's like their entire uh, their entire shtick. So if you go to Mixer.com slash ReadyPlayerMom, throw her a follow and watch her streams. Apparently, she's doing like a whole new format and a whole new screen overlay. She was working on it yesterday. She's very proud. They have merch, which I kind of want. It's like an Operation Reckon Teddy t-shirt. I kind of want it. Um, also, we are sponsored by the Virtual Economy Podcast. That is a podcast that is uh, all about the business of video games. So if you listen to the stuff we talk about and you go, wow, it's cool. I want to know how this stuff gets paid for. Listen to that and her and Mike Futter, uh, formerly of Game Informer Magazine, will talk all about it. And man, they talk about some crazy stuff. Um, and man, is there a lot of business of video game stuff to talk about when we're launching new consoles in a year but it's board game week that's why we have a board game guest so uh let's go around the horn jen you said that you, i mean obviously you play a lot of board games it's your thing um and i'm excited to hear about the game you said you were going to bring to the table and that was oh my goodness cat there's a cat <laughs> we're on skype folks and so a cat just like appeared out of nowhere, as they are wont to do. Um, so you played uh, Star Wars Rebellion recently, and you wanted to talk about a two-player Star Wars game. Too bad we Ooh. didn't have this to talk about on Star Wars Day, but what are you going to do? Uh, I'm always a day late and a dollar short in my life. That's like um, literally my nickname. Like, she's the <laughs> yes. mistress of magnificent. I'm a day late and a dollar short. <laughs> um, so we played it, oh gosh, Sunday? I think we played it on Sunday total nerds and we have return of the jedi going on in the background and this is one of our this is like a top 10 game for me um and i love that it's two player i love that it's head to head i love that there's this hidden movement element going on and we've had some pretty epic games but the one on sunday is gonna go down <laughs> in the books and my husband's over there laughing at me because you know, a lot of times when I'm playing the Empire, my key strategy is just to blow everything up. I get the Death Star to go around me, and I just blow up planets. And anytime I move into a planet, I look at my husband and I go, Ah? Ah? You on here? And no, no. 
So I finally find where he is. It's the, it's he's either going to win or I am going to win. This is the very last thing that I can do. I found his rebel base on Dagum Dantooine. And you know, I am clearly overpowering him with my empire force. He has this little itty bitty fill in the word land speeder and he pulls a card, a combat card, and it's the right card for the right type of vehicle I'm using. And he wipes me out. Whoa. With his little itty bitty land speeder. And I looked at him and I flipped the cards over in the air. And he's over there cheering. Shut up, you. <laughs> this is fine. This is, this is perfect. It was just, oh, man. That was his payback for me wiping him with uh, Lords of Hellas the day before. So, there. Um, but I had a huge, huge recommend on um, Star Wars Rebellion. That's a that, that's a big box. I've, it is I've, a big box. I've had it in my hands a few times. Because every time I go to... Um, Every time I go to a like a show where they've got you know where they'll have like a vendor, they've always got like that one copy of Star Wars Rebellion where they're like, "There's going to be some dork that's going to come home with this." I mean, you did it once at at one circumstance. You found that, and I want I want it because I really want like one like really big like beefy game and I really want a Star Wars game and I think that's going to be the one uh, because I really imagine that I'll just have some epic battles with my son Evan um, I think he and I would torment each other with it quite greatly that, the story you just told me kind of sold me on it like that tension Yeah. Uh, but every time I pick it up it really the thing is that I'm just lazy and don't want to carry it around a convention and by the time i come back at the end of the day it's gone because some other dork decided that they would carry it so there will come a day where i will own it and uh, and then i will and then I, I will you and i will have to share war stories about getting beaten up by our opponents because i think that's what's inevitably going to happen right linda like if anyone's going to find a way to lose hysterically Absolutely. it's this guy because i'm hysterically <laughs> bad at all games so I'm, but I'm gonna make it good. Yeah, you gotta pretty... pull just the right card at the right moment. Yes, your little land speeder card. Ah! <laughs> Man, listen, land yeah. speeders are mighty, right? No, probably Jeez. not. Apparently, it was like an AT, AT too. It was, and I'm not. It was a huge. It was. I'm not talking like a little stormtrooper that he wiped out. It was an AT, AT. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna do, man? Cry play it again. Cry, play, play it again. again. Probably Cry. play it again. Play. <laughs> so, um, I want to. So speaking of you know, kind of hilarious combat. So my my sons have. I have actually not played this myself, but I bore witness to the battle. Um, we have been doing some research on uh, alternate war games meaning war games that can be played without necessarily having to buy like expensive models and figs to paint and stuff like that and so the 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 one that i first found was gaslands which is a war game that you play with cars and you use matchbox cars and that's you know jen's nodding her head like she's heard of that because it's been around for a while and you know whatever um but they found one where you use lego figs and 
I think it is kind of ingenious. Uh, it's a little bootleg. This is not, you know, published by, you know, Renegade or Fantasy Flight or any of those big games. This is just a dude with a website and some rules. And some of the rules, like, <laughs> it is specifically designed to not care about balance. It's like if someone starts to talk about balancing the sides, you are supposed to immediately start the game. Like, just start. And and it's meant to be ridiculous and stupid. Um, but it's so it's called Brick Wars, B-R-I-K-W-A-R-Z, because of course it ends with a Z. And I think it's fascinating. There are a number of rules to play things like Capture the Flag and other like war gamey kind of things. Um, and all of the stats and all of the rules are built around standard Lego pieces and standard Lego equipment. And also like non-standard, we all know that there are third parties that make, you know, Lego-ish stuff. You can inv- include all of that. And it is kind of fascinating to watch them like line up a group of like seven to eight guys versus seven to eight guys and have like Gandalf and a like a, a Lego Ninjago guy like face off against the Master Chief and like Karen. Because my son, my youngest son, literally made Karen. And instead of asking for your manager, she has a, a, a sniper rifle, which would be a very different experience, I think. Um, those Facebook videos would go way worse. Um, and it was re- I think it's really neat. I mean, it's di- there's dice rolling combat and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think it's kind of neat. Have either of you guys heard of this before? No, but I'm intrigued. I think that would fit well in my house. <laughs> It would, especially since you don't have to add much because all you need is a 10-sided die and a 6-sided die and Lego figs. And we might have all of those things and in a, ruler. a plethora of. Yeah, you need a ruler because you need to measure 6 inches because that's the maximum range for ranged weapons. <laughs> 6 inches, yeah, and of course you I'm have good. rulers. Um, Teacher you know Linda pulls home. <laughs> Go ahead, well, I'm Linda. sitting in Eli's. This is where he does his schoolwork now. This is the Eli's seat for schoolwork. So yeah. he's got his ruler right here. We've got the whiteboard. We've got the marker. I got all the school supplies. Yeah. My office is now my dining room in the other room. Yeah, I am sitting in my command center where I have, if I turn to my left is where I have the day job computer. Um, so but anyway, that, I digress. So that's Brick Wars. Uh, I think I'm going to report back on this more. And we're probably going to have like I'm, I'm working – I started on the skeleton of, like, a write-up for the site of, like – I don't know what to call them, like, alternate war games. But, like, war games that you can play with toys. Um, and because between this and there's one – I mean, I've sh- I'm sure you've seen it, Jen. It's been around, like, at B-Fig and some other stuff. The one with the uh, – where you can use the, the Legos to build, like, little mechs. Uh, no, there's there's one no, that, that one you can buy a book where you actually it tells you what parts you need to get and you can buy them individually or go to like a third party st- shop and, and buy and like make little mechs and make terrain. Um, that's like a legit book you can buy. And then Gaslands, obviously. And I'm sure there's another one. Once I start like le- leaking through, I would be stunned if there if someone didn't make like mini game miniature war game rules for like the little green army dudes. You know what I mean? Like, that just feels like something some dork did. And if they didn't, like, why did you not do this, like, make a PDF and sell it for $3? Like, it just sounds like something someone would do, you know? And if they didn't, maybe I need to do it. Um, because, 
then it'd be cool to say that I can sell something on Amazon for $3. So anyway, so that's Brick Wars. Um, I, I am kind of intrigued. I think it's kind of neat because, you know, so many parents have just bins of Legos just sitting around. Um, this is a great way to make use of them. So, um, so that's my, that's my contribution to around the horn. We'll circle back on that one once I know a little bit more about it, but I wanted to just bring it to the table and see what y'all thought of it. Um, Linda, you, uh, took one of my recommendations because, uh, my, my recommendations in general are pretty good. I like to think, um, and you picked up a fantastic recommendation. Um, you picked up, what do you meme the family edition for your family? I saw that you posted the picture of, uh, Eli's birthday hall, which was impressive for a kid that physically can't see people. Um, and, uh, what do you meme family edition was in there? And I was like, that's from me. I did that. Uh, did. Full yep. disclosure, the company did send me a copy of the game for uh, for review, but uh, it, it, it's fine. It's very, very good, and it's very stupid. Tell us about your stupid fun that your family had. Oh, my goodness. It was hysterical. So, Wait, actually, before we, we do this, we... Jen, are you familiar yes. with What Do You Meme? I am, yeah. Okay, good. Okay, yes. Family Edition is What Do You Meme, only it's instead of... Uh, adult humor, it's fart jokes. Linda, carry on. It, it is true. I think the, the we had like a poop joke in there. It was pretty silly. Light potty humor. Um, it was absolutely hysterical. The thing that we learned, we had a house rule we established after the second turn, is you have to be picking your picture when it's going to be your turn to be the judge while other people are deciding what to put for the current picture. So like once you place your vote, you need to start looking because we lost so much time flipping through those cards to pick which picture. Um, so that was something we immediately made a house rule. But, oh, it was so much fun. It was so silly. Seeing the boys try to find something that would make that would fit for that judge with the picture. It was just hysterical watching them, like, go through their cards and go through them again and go through them again trying to make a decision. Just it's too funny. And then... One thing that I didn't expect to really like about it is Eli, who's just turned eight, and this game is for eight and up, he's a reluctant reader. He's, he's struggling a little bit. He's doing great. He's make, you know, making good progress, but he's a reluctant reader. And he would not let us help him read these cards. Like, he was persevering, and he was really into it. And, you know, if he really got stuck, we would, we would jump in and help him. But he was not asking. He was trying really hard. So there was a reading piece to it that I didn't expect to really like. So it was encouraging him to, you know, go through those cards and actually sit and read them. So we were being really patient, letting him read through and process and do all those good things. But we just were dying laughing. So I have a feeling it's going to come to the table again this weekend. Do we know, Jen, do we know what the name of this genre is? Like this choose a judge, like there's every company that publishes board games has one. Is they're just, I know they're party games, but like does, is this genre have like a formal name? No, I've always just, no, I've always just lumped them under party games. Yeah. Um, And there's, there's so many of them and I must say that this one does sound intriguing. The family edition one, um, just sometimes I, I, I'm hesitant to play a lot of games or there's a judge because it feels like a popularity contest. Um, but this sounds, who doesn't love a good fart joke? Really? 
I mean, who doesn't? Right. I and agree. No, it was so light and some, you know, this one, it just had a different flavor, a different feel, even though it's still that judge mechanic. It just felt like something different because it, it, there wasn't the same pressure I felt like because you were just trying to put a caption to the picture, basically. I don't know. It just felt, it had a different feel. I don't know how to articulate it much better than that, but I don't know. It, it didn't feel the same judgy way that some of the other ones can be. All right, so that is uh, What Do You Mean Family Edition. I, I again, I'm going to plug this game repeatedly over the rest of this year. I can't imagine a world where it doesn't end up like on our holiday gift guide just because um, everyone needs one of these in their board game collection if they play a lot of party games, right? Like, if you have lots of people, this is a great game because it's easy to teach and it's just dumb. And the problem is so many of these games have, like, an uncomfortable element to it. Like, you know, you're not going to play Cards Against Humanity. You really shouldn't play Cards Against Humanity with, like, with anyone but your absolute closest circle of friends, if not never at all. Um, And some of the games are too tame, right? Like, where they're just kind of, like, a little bit boring, just because they're just trying to be cards against humanity, but like not offensive when that offensive stuff is like the whole gimmick. This, because so many of these memes that are in that deck are recognizable memes, like Jen, as a denizen of the internet, you'll go through the meme deck and you'll be like, oh, I've seen this one before. Um, and that little bit of recognition is, it really does feel like making memes, which is. Just super dumb and entertaining. There is an adult version of it, but like whatever. This one's fine. It's got, I mean, you'll know you're in the right place. It's got a goofy looking chihuahua in the cover. Again, I know they sent us a copy, but whatever. I, I really like this. So, um, all right. Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's good. Um, oh, it, it's got the little, the little girl that's making the face in the car seat. Yep. Yes, yep. they do uh-huh. have that. Exactly. And that's the I thing, that right? Girl. Like, if you, when you flip through the deck, which is, there's a lot of memes in that. There's a lot of them, so it'll be hard to repeat them if you shuffle well. Um, but the, <clears throat> excuse me, the, because you will recognize at least, everyone will recognize at least a third of them, right? And some of them will be, It'll be different for everybody. Like everybody's just going to be super in. I really dig it. The only house rule we add is that instead of taking the top picture off the top, you draw the top three and choose one, just so we give people a little bit more choices to play. But other than that, I absolutely dig it. So, um, anybody else play anything cool recently? No, we've been trying to play the get through the school day game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not a fun game. I don't recommend. Yeah, that the game sucks. Teaching from home. <laughs> Um, I am not a school teacher for a reason. Uh, I briefly considered this. I briefly said, you know what? Maybe I should change careers and go and be a teacher. And both Linda and my wife, who uh, went to school for teaching, were like, dude, that's the stupidest idea you've ever had. And we've seen you have epically stupid ideas. And um, now I know why. I, it's not that I didn't agree with them or understand where they were coming from or trust them. I trust my wife with my life every day. I sleep next to her. And I trust Linda with my fictional life because we LARP together. And I trust Linda to not sh- set me astray. But now I absolutely know why. And that is that I would not be a great teacher. 
That's just it. I'm meant for something else in this world, and that's okay. Um, so I want to talk about an announcement that happened today. We don't talk about a lot of news on the Board Game Podcast. Normally, we just kind of talk about stuff. Would you believe if the most on-brand board game announcement for me in the entire history of board games was announced today? And I say that, and Jen goes, oh, I know what you're talking about, Steve. They announced Small World of Warcraft. Can you, like, what? okay. So, and I was like, <laughs> wait, what? Wait. So, wait a minute. Small World of, of Warcraft. Warcraft. Oh, wait. You really? Didn't, yeah. I didn't tell you this? Okay, so, um, yeah, and it's perfect. It makes perfect sense. I'm, like, whatever. So this is how this game was announced to me. Because I was working. And so I was not on the video game or the board game Facebook, which is obviously it blew up in all the board game groups. Mm. It was all anybody could talk about today. Uh, Linda and Jen are definitely sick of it if they but they'll be fine. Um, the so Andrew Smith of the Family Gamers sends me uh, a, a Facebook message and he goes, hey, bro, are you ready to curse out loud? Oh, and I was like, sure. I mean, why not? And so he goes, okay. And then he just sends me the picture. <laughs> just the cover of the box. At which point, I had a mini meltdown. And then I went and found the YouTube video, and I showed it to my son, who is sitting you know, a few feet away from me. And I was like, dude, stop doing your homework. Come here. <laughs> and so I show him the video. He goes, dad, it's just small world. Dad, it's just small world. This music sounds familiar, though. What's going on with this? And then eventually, it like the beat dropped, and we saw the uh, the, the logo, and he was like, "What?" He did. He imitated me in his best, um, as best as he could. Uh, I'm really excited about this. So, for folks who don't know, Small Worlds, a game from Days of Wonder. There's a bunch of races, and basically, you are kind of building up your civilization to try and capture territory. But eventually, um, you spread too thin, and your uh, your the race that you play goes into decline um at which point you just pick up another one so you don't really play just one faction one nation you play as many of them and that's part of the strategy and it's something that takes some getting used to world of warcraft that universe is perfect for this because there are a bunch of races um and they go up and they decline and it works perfectly um the one thing they added that I was reading through the press release is they are adding a team element to this, obviously because of the theme, the Alliance versus the horde. It's a big, it's a whole thing. I'm going to write about it. It's going to be on engaged family gaming. I'm going to link to the thing. I'm not going to bore Jen and Linda or you guys listening. If you really want to know <laughs> all about why I think a team mechanic in small world that to illuminate the horde versus Alliance theme is cool. You can read my thing. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, how weird is that though? Did you just, how cool is that? Like finding a cool license, turning into a game. It's pretty exciting. So when I saw the announcement today, I almost sent it to my boss. So my boss is 68. His wife is also 68. Yeah. She was also a library director and she retired maybe 10 years ago. We'll say. And in her retirement, she has spent playing world of Warcraft. Really? <laughs> Yes. And she's like leveled up every single character and every single class. Um, yeah. She was like one of one of the best clerics around. Um, 
So, yeah, I I always find it amusing that, you know, my librarian boss's wife, you know, is it's big just, into WoW. I mean, there was a time where it was taking over the world. It's clearly in decline. It's never going to be, like, at its peak ever again. But it is, at the very least, a very interesting property. And when you have a game that broad in scope that has existed for almost 20 years, because that's really where we're at. We're nearing 20 years. There is a lot of depth and lots of interesting places to explore. I hope, personally, that this is just the beginning. Um, you know, They tried to make a World of Warcraft board game. In fact, they did make it, and it's on a bunch of people's grail lists, right? Like, they just want this game because it was before board games were good, I think is the best way to describe it, right? It was, like, right around when things were they were figuring it out. And now, rather than making their own, they're going to be attaching it to licenses kind of like Star Wars, right? They don't make Star Wars the board game. They make Star Wars Rebellion, and they make um, Star Wars The Outer Rim. Man, World of Warcraft would be perfect. So uh, I look forward to, you know, Star Wars, or uh, not Star Wars. I, I look forward to World of Warcraft Catan. And actually, I would play that. And uh, World of Warcraft Ticket to Ride, because in fact, there are trains. I'll do it. Tell me I'm wrong. You would Tell me you wouldn't play World of Warcraft Ticket to Ride. I would, but like... That's dorky as hell, though. Yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to admit he wants it. Oh, no, no. He de- you, you didn't... He, I, I don't think you guys could see his face. He was definitely like, yeah, I'm in. But, you know, he can't really admit it. He's 14. He's... He's getting to the point where he's going to be too cool, but just in time for him to get to the point where he's too cool, I'm going to make him dress up like an elf in the woods. So, like, then it just, just robs him of all of that. So it'll be okay. A <laughs> hobbit in the woods. You're right. Thank you for the correction. So, um, yeah, so anyway, that's the news. Uh, Star Or not Star Wars. World of Warcraft. Small World. It's just so crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. that's Isn't that nuts? It's nuts. That is, that's that's going to be pretty neat. Such a group that's going to come in and just want all of that yeah yeah and i am definitely that dork like this is a hundred percent my brand okay so embrace the dorkdom right just embrace it give it a big old hug yeah that's that's me that's me so all right so why don't we take a break and then when we come back jen we're going to talk all about what it's like to be a board game librarian so we'll be back in a minute, folks. everybody this is steve i'm the host if you like listening to this podcast you probably like some of our other content too you can find that all over social media so make sure to head over to facebook.com slash engaged family gaming perhaps you might like to see some stuff on twitter by going to twitter.com slash e-f-g-a-m-i-n-g or maybe you just want to head on over to instagram and look for engaged family gaming there see you later guys bye now Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode 220 of the Engage Family Gaming Podcast. I'm still Steven. I'm still joined by Linda, the Mistress of Magnificence, otherwise known as Mom, and 
the board game librarian. That is Linda and my good friend, Jen Bartlett. How are you? You feeling still good? Still, still good? Good. Still good. Yeah. I- I do like a re-intro kind of thing. I don't know why. And I always say, how are you when I talk to a guest? I'm, I don't know. I'm not a very good radio host. So, Jen. I'm terrible. I'm terrible, yeah. Steve. I, I know. I'm this. bad. I want to end it now. <laughs> I'm literally the worst. So, hashtag. Hashtag ugh. Um, so, Jen, you and I have known each other for a bunch of years now. And we yeah. knew each other on Instagram before we knew each other in person. And I think the story of how we actually met is hilarious. And I want to tell it every time you and I are on a, po- on a podcast together. Because we were at con- uh, the Connecticut, it, not Connecticut, but the uh, Connecticut Festival of Independent Games at Tabletop Shop in Newington. And Linda and I were there and we were walking around. I don't know. I don't, we were looking at a game and you walked by and recognized the logo, which, by the way, it, it feels good to have your logo recognized. Uh, those of you uh, who own websites and stuff, uh, let me tell you, if you don't, it's great to see your logo get recognized. And you were like, oh, my God, you're the Engaged Family Gaming Guys. I'm the board game librarian. We've talked on Instagram a bunch. And then we immediately had to run to opposite sides of the building because we had appointments that we were working on. And it was just, it was freaking hilarious. And then we didn't end up seeing each other like for like another two hours because we were both working, obviously it was, and it it was kind of interesting because I mean, you post really cool stuff on Instagram. That's like where you got started. That's always been my bread and butter. And I've been very, over the years, I've been very proud of my Instagram account and because Many Instagram people have kind of bought their way up to the top and, you know, bought a lot of followers or done pump and dump kind of stuff. And I'm still plugging away with my organic followers. I've never spent a dime on it. Um, You know, and that's maybe a bad thing, I suppose. Um, But I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm still me of sorts and I'm still, you know, doing my Instagram thing and, the same dork. That's a, that's the word of the show. I feel like, right, Linda? Dork. Yes, that is definitely the word of the day. Um, I'm still the, still the same dork you met at. It was probably Tabletop Gaming Center. Yep. Um So yeah, that's that's me. And I, I think my first comment to you on Instagram had actually been during a huge snowstorm, and you were like, "It's snowing here in Connecticut," and my little antennae went up, and I went, "Where? Where in Connecticut?" And you're, yeah. you're, you're not that far from us, really, from well, where my husband and I live. The secret, Connecticut. the secret is that it's Connecticut, in that if you yeah. were to drive from one corner of Connecticut to the absolute farthest corner of Connecticut, it's a couple hours. And really, it might be a little bit longer because, it's tra- because of the Connecticut thing of traffic for no reason, because that's how Connecticut works. Uh, but if it yep. wasn't for that... Like, if we had the Autobahn going from one corner to the other, we could probably do it like an hour and a half. Like, it's really not a big deal. Um, Yeah, you definitely did. And it's something that I've noticed, too, that there are a lot of content creators in, like, the greater Connecticut area. Um, And and maybe it's just because of, like, geolocation stuff. Like, you know, because we post we or we run into each other at smaller conventions. But there are a lot of us. I mean, we got the Family Gamers just just north of the border uh, we got you and me in Conne- and there's plenty more in Connecticut uh, so yeah it's super fun um, and 
I really, first off, we everyone should follow you on Instagram because um, plug plug. <laughs> Um, and I'll remember to put that in the show notes. Well, and most of that is because you take really good pictures and you tell a really good story through your pictures of what you are doing. Because what you're the biggest thing you're doing, right, is building like a whole movement. From from my perspective, you're building like this movement of having board games in libraries everywhere. Because you obviously think it's important. I'm guessing, being that nah. it's your title. Nah, never. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, I've always been a firm believer in anything that I've done that if people like me, they're going to like the stuff that I do and or promote, um, which is probably basic marketing 101. Um, But especially on Instagram, too, I've, I've tried to tell those stories, like, in a very real fashion. Like, I don't... And in my life, too. I don't sugarcoat anything. I don't, like, put on a face. I'm not fakey-fakey. Um, like, what you see on Instagram is, like, me in real life, you know? I, I it's authentic a... and genuine. Well, thank you, Linda. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I post about things that are going on in our lives, the good, the bad, the ugly, um, and, you know, our successes and failures, too. And I, I, I think people can be drawn to that. Um, and... Yeah, jeez, that that's a very leading question, Stephen. Of course, I think libraries should have gaming, and gaming should be in every single library in the country. Jeez. Um, she just called out the the internet radio host for asking leading questions. <laughs> I just want to point that out. So her, your grasp of the obvious also strong. It's what I do. Uh, I'm trying to. Uh, that, that's what we call a cupcake question. I try to like Ooh. you know set you up. You know what I mean? I want you what, to what you know. Ca- like a red velvet with cream cheese frosting kind of cupcake? Is or? that your kind of cupcake? Because, I mean, I think cupcakes are very specific to the individual. But that sounds like a good cupcake. Sure. Yeah. Um, how about you, How about you, Linda? What kind of cupcake person are you? Ooh. That's a tough one. I would have to say, like, the the strawberries and cream. The filled Ooh. cupcakes. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yummy, yummy. Um, Anyone who has seen me knows that uh, I think many kinds of cupcakes are probably my my jam. Um, so, um, but I do. I, I both of those are wonderful. I don't know. I think uh, my sister makes really good cupcakes, and so really just about anything she makes, I would be fine with. So the um, so yes, we talked about this. Board games they need to be everywhere. Um, but they haven't been number one they aren't everywhere and they haven't been where you are always what was it like pitching that idea to like your boss like hey we should put board games on our shelves and and circulate them so the initial idea was hey let's start a board game program and i i've been very fortunate in my career at my library that my boss for the most part there are exceptions of course has been super supportive and he's he's a pretty good mentor especially to female librarians and advancing them in their careers um so he was kind of like yeah sure why not let's try it um because he knew i was passionate about it and again when you are passionate about something other people feed off of that they they recognize your expertise hopefully um and when you're passionate about something you put 100 percent into it right um so he was pretty sold on it. Um, you know, and I, I talk quite a bit about 
like some people will say, well, you know, but there's FLGSs, you know, so who cares about games and libraries? And the big point to me is that there's not an FLGS in every town in America, right? Right. But there's a there's a library, likely, in every town in America. And your library is open to everyone. Everyone can walk in the door, whereas, you know, some people may not go into an FLGS because they don't have the money to, they think they're not welcome, they've had bad experiences before, or they just don't know where it is or what it is. Um, but a library is a pretty central place and recognizable figure in the community. Um, and I, I talk a lot about building a brand new herd of people, um, a brand new group of people who hadn't played a game in a long time or are brand new to board gaming. Um, and if they can be introduced to it through a library or it's free, then it, it benefits everyone. Absolutely. Right. Rising tide lifts all ships. That's the, you know, one of the little things that they say, but also building fans, right? Like increasing fandom is uh, like, that's important, right? Like there's never a downside to having a bigger audience for board gaming in general. So no, I completely agree. I'm glad that your boss was so receptive. So um, what was your, um, like, how did you, how did you get started? Was it programs? Was it putting board games out for circulation? You know, what, what was that experience like? Uh, it was through our program first. Um, it, so summer of 2015, my husband had applied to be a game demoer for Aries games for our favorite game, War of the Ring. Um, and, you know, I, I said to my boss, I'm going to try to see if I can get some donations from publishers while I'm there. And of course, you know, ooh, free stuff. Who doesn't love that, right? Especially when you're a library where so many, you know, the budgets are cut. Some, you know, some budgets for books are even, you know, very small to begin with. Um, and I, I wanted to make it as very low cost as possible. Um, and, and my yeah, smart tactics. Um, and there were a couple of clear purposes for me that I wanted to establish. One of which was for 18 to 35 year olds in particular to come since traditionally that age range tends to fall out of coming to a library. Um, you know, they'll come in through school because they have schoolwork and papers and they'll come with their parents. You know, they maybe go away to school and don't end up coming back to their public library often until they have kids. Um, and with, <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's it's not a good thing or a bad thing. It's just a thing, it's you way, know. It's and the it, way life goes. Yeah, it's the way life goes, and you're busy doing other things. You're establishing your career. You don't have a lot of free time necessarily. Um, so you know, I I, I was kind of like, well, you know, if a lot of people my age are playing games, then hey, this could be my hook of sorts in getting them to come to the library. Cause if I can hook you with one thing, then I can blind you with library science and throw books at you and make you come to other programs. Um, so that was important to me. And another thing was creating a safe space for female gamers. Um, 
you know, being a female gamer myself, um, and having been to gaming sessions and FLGSs where I've been the only woman in the room and been treated like dirt, um, or like, oh, you're just here because your husband is here, and what do you know? And of course, you know, I'm sure you feel the same way too, right, Linda? Um, I have to say, I've been blessed. I have never had a negative experience going out, <gasps> but to be fair, I don't typically go to the local store because the nearest one is 45 minutes from me. It's not convenient. Yeah. So, so my experiences are strictly conventions or playing with friends. So that one niche location, which I know tends to be problematic for females. I have not had that personal experience going there. So, but which no, but at conventions, I thankfully have never had an issue. Everyone's been very respectful to me. So, and I think, unfortunately, that's the exception. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Like, I've never had a problem at conventions, I don't think. I did have a problem one time, actually, with a female worker who said to me, oh, well, you know, you're just buying this for your husband. And I was like, oh, girlfriend. <laughs> no. Oh, 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 oh. Um, so those were some pretty important objectives to me that I wanted to accomplish. Um, and it, it's taken quite a bit of time to get there and we've weeded out a bunch of bad apples over the years who've been just, you know, we're swearing at each other. We're blowing the finger to each other. We're, um, are being just, you know, not nice to other gamers. Like, I guess there was a shunning of sorts, (laughs) you know, people were just, you know, shunning those people and not wanting to play with them. Um, Because who wants that kind of environment? No one. It's uncomfortable for everyone. Um, So that was the programming. And getting the games out to the public didn't happen for two years. And I don't know why it took me so long. I had had all these games downstairs and they were just available for the game program. And after a while, it was getting to be like 150 games. And I was like, this is ridiculous. These could be going out to the public. And it's a huge process when you're launching a brand new collection in a library because there's so many logistical things that we have to think about. Like, how long are people going to have them? Can you put them on hold? Can you uh, return them at other buildings? Just silly things that we try to do on our end to make your experience very seamless. Um and it ended up being probably beyond my wildest dreams, very successful. Um, it, and immediately the data that came back showed that the vast majority of games that were being checked out and used the most were family style games. Okay. Which it shouldn't have been a surprise to me, but I was kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'm digging this. Um, it, we, so, of course, you, you buy more family-style games. You buy more gateway stuff. You um, you expand into your children's room. So there's a whole children's selection of games. Um, I put difficulty stickers on each game based on the BGG weight because people were checking out dominant species in an ungodly amount of times. And it was coming back with 
all of the pieces just cattywampus in the box. And if you've never played Dominant Species before, there's like 300 cones, 500 tiny cubes, there's 800, 800 chits. And you can tell people thought, oh, cute, dinosaurs. They opened the box up and they went, oh, no. And it was... That yeah, was they didn't know what they experience. were looking at. Right. Because no, they don't they know what know. they're looking at yet. Yep. Um, but, and, and I would say, too, the vast majority of people checking out the games at the library still are families. Huge subset of people that are embracing this, loving it, bringing games into their homes, playing games with their children, playing games maybe with their parents or nieces and nephews. So that to me has been hugely rewarding because the community I work in is not wealthy. Um, There's some areas where 43% of the population live below the poverty line. Um, So these are people who can't afford these things that, you know, the three of us can um, and are able to um, in certain degrees. Um, You know, these, some of these people can barely put food on their tables and they, they too like us, you know, want to provide entertainment and excitement for their families as well. And if we can provide that at the library for them for no cost, I've done my job. That's perfect. No, that's exactly what you want. You want to give parents and families the opportunity to engage in a, a way that is this richer level of family time. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree. I mean, I wanted I wanted to hop in there, and, and the thing you struck on, you know, the idea of like being able to provide a service to folks that you know may not necessarily have the means to like participate, and it's something that I've talked about, you know, over the last seven years, right? Like I'm, you know, when I talk about like this is a must-have or like you must have it, like you know, obviously, you know, feature kids first, right? Like that's the the quote-unquote like joke I make, oh, but yeah. like. You know, we talk about video games, right? And so I keep, you know, I spend every other week talking about video games and recognizing that, like, the Xbox Series X that's coming out the end of this year is probably going to be a five to $600 investment, right? This is a high-end luxury device. Um, and so, you know, I can talk about it and get excited and talk about value, but, like, you know, there's nowhere, I, there's no library that's going to be able to provide that. And that's one of the advantages to what you do in the board gaming space is that you have that capacity to be able to provide these real tangible memories and experiences and, you know, um, you know, at at little to no cost for, you know, the the individuals. And, and I think that's great. You know, the, when I, I, it never even occurred to me that it was possible uh, until I met you. And then I was like, no, this makes perfect sense. And the fact that most of them going out are family games, you're right. I wouldn't, I, you have never told me that stat before. Um, and it surprised me when you said it, but only because I had never heard it before, but it totally makes sense when you put it together, right? Like mom's going to go there and be like, Hey, let me, yeah. let me grab this board game to play with my kids. Um, especially if she has fond memories of playing board games when she was a kid or dad being like, oh, I'm going to grab this and bring it home. Um, what's the, I got to ask though. So like, what's the, like the big one? Like what's the number one game that goes out? Do you have, do you have that number, that game? Do you know? Oh, so I, so I have all my stats at work. Darn it. Um, oh. Off the top of your head. What do you think the, um, the best the best circulating game? What's the name for it? Is it it's not best selling, like it's so like our highest circulated game. 
Um, I mean, in our top 20 is definitely Catan, Takinoko. Yeah. Um, oh, oh. Uh, Ticket to Ride is probably up there. Um, we didn't play test this at all. Red 7. Um, Sushi Go is maybe top 5. Oh, yeah. um, Maze Racers. Um, okay. Andy Jeremiah, local guy, his game. Um, and what I love too is, you know, again, in the community that I work in, many, many, many different languages are spoken. And I really try to push the language independent games um, for okay. those populations because I want them to have the same experience as native English speakers do as sure. well. Um, but yes, fa- family games without a doubt are the, the most popular ones. What's always exciting to me is, you know, when I'm coming out of our reference room and our board games are right there in the lobby um, and I come out of our reference room and I see maybe a mom or a dad and they're two kids and the kids are pulling stuff off the shelves and they're showing it to their parent and they're getting really excited. And the mom has, you know, one of those big Ikea bags with her and she's kind of said, all right, we can only take five this time. We got to save some for next time and other people, but you can just see the excitement in the, in the kids faces. And that's, it's wonderful. It's, it, how can you feel anything but happy at what you've done there? Um, it, it it's my job can be very rewarding sometimes, and you know board games could be seen as a very frivolous thing, something that doesn't belong in libraries. But I love to point out, especially for children, your reading and comprehension skills. Linda talked about it earlier. Um, your critical thinking, your thinking outside the box, your dexterity and hand-eye coordination. Um, your storytelling capabilities, math, science, it, all of those are possible in board games. Um, and with the movement to try to be aware of screen time with the children, to yep. have something that is device-free, or there's a few board games that have apps related to them, but most of those are fringe. Those yep. are not the key part of the game. They're just an, some, a tool to help facilitate the game. But there's this also this movement to be aware of that part of it, and the social skill too, the yeah. turn taking, the losing, yeah. how to be a good yeah. sport. Those are all huge things that are such an asset that are not always thought of, but I think are coming more to the foreground. Yep. And I talk about all those, you know, sometimes I'll see a parent looking at the wall of games like, and I'm, I'm making a big gape, a gape, gaping mouth face over here, um, you know, and I'll talk to them, you know, how old is your child, you know? I, you know, were their reading skills? Are they a very good reader and they can read a lot of text on a card or are they, you know, kind of still working their way through reading? Um, what do they really like? Are they really into Lego games or what are, you know, superheroes? Um, so there's a, as a, there's a lot of selling that goes on, but yeah, I talk about the screen time thing quite a bit because some parents will say to me, my kids are spending too much time on blah 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 screen and I want to find something else and it's a legitimate concern I I get it I understand it um but I also say to them too you're creating memories together you know you're you're working on solving a puzzle together you're working on defeating the bad guy together or you're working competitively um 
and it's they're, they're they're nice conversations to have with people. It's true. Absolutely. The view of it has definitely changed. Well, it, if you look at even the America, the, what is it, the Association of Pediatrics, that they've revised their view of screen time because they recognize that just sitting and passively watching something versus FaceTime with grandma are not the same experience. Yeah. And especially in our current situation with the Fire Nation, screens have become our communication with the outside world. You know, I mean, it's become essential. So I think the perception on it has changed, but at the same time, there's this need to unplug. And yes. I think once we move past this phase, there's going to still be this recognition of the unplug. So I think the desire for those board games at the library is probably going to be ramping up once they can be accessed again. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. So people listening, this is a binary situation. There are either board games available in circulation in your local library or not. Right. So right. it's binary. So here's what I would say. Um, here's my question. So let's say you are, um, first off, I think we can all agree. Uh, you, if you don't know the answer to that question and you are interested, you should ask <laughs> because if they have them, there will probably be someone like you, Jen, who, uh, will be happy to tell them about the uh, games that are available. But if, let's say they're there. They don't have board games there. What would you say to them? Like, should they should they reach out to somebody? Should they, you know, should they talk to somebody at the library and let them know what they want? H how does that work? Because that's one piece that is completely alien to me. One of my very best friends is the head librarian in town, and I don't know the answer. Like, how do you get how do you get a library to expand their services to include stuff like this? I think definitely asking. You know, we are always looking for better ways that we can serve our community. And if you're the person who has the you know, the, the chutzpah to come up and, and kind of say, hey, can you offer board games? You're yeah. probably not the only person thinking that question. Sure. I mean, you're, I mean, I would highly doubt that. Um, so, I mean, and we do take patron requests very seriously. Again, we want our patrons to be happy. We want people coming back, you know, return business is our bread and butter. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've, I've spent quite a bit of time actually talking with people, just regular people, not librarians, about how they can work with their library um, to either get games in circulation or to get a gaming program off the ground. Um, you have to find that key person in your library that you think would either be a gamer or is in charge of programming or that you know personally, you have a personal relationship with. Um, and then you can go from there. Um, like Linda, I know your, your library director personally, I've known him got 10 years now, probably at this point. Um, and I've met your, your library director. I think I sold her a game. You did. Steven. I did. I forget <laughs> what it was. But, um, so, you know, we're, we're very approachable people. We're not going to tell you to shh. Um, I, I like to think that that is untrue. I'm pretty yeah. sure if I needed to, I could get a librarian to shush me. Like, if I really needed to. Like, if it was like a bet. Like, if you dared me to make a librarian shush me, I bet you I could make a librarian shush me. All right, but libraries are not... They're not the quiet space of, of yesterday. No, they're definitely like, not. That's the thing. They're definitely they're not. not. They're a no, living, I... breathing space that, you know... That, 
that, mis- that it's a it's a humorous like throwback. Yeah. Well, th- that that was more me just being silly and being like, of course <laughs> oh, yeah. I can go to a place and be super loud and obnoxious. You've met me. But no, for real, they're, they are very different spaces. And for folks that don't go to your library for anything, uh, fix that uh, because, uh, number one, your local library needs you because they need participation in order to justify you know, funding, et cetera. But the other piece is you, you need them. You just don't know it yet. Uh, so if you're not taking advantage of their services, um, go because it's not just books anymore. And there's also if you just want to like Google like non-book things libraries do for you. Trust me, there are plenty of services that are available that you really have absolutely no idea. Um, and it's super cool. I have learned these things. Admittedly, I know you, Jen. And so when you post on Facebook about things or, you know, I'm. One of my very best friends is a, our local librarian in town. So, like, clearly I am more plugged in than, you know, go figure, plugged into the library. Like, I'm more plugged in than your average person. But the reality is those services are there. You you will find something that you need. And it's not just, you know, a large print copy of the new Nora Roberts book. Um, although we do, there's nothing wrong. Although with that. they're gonna have that, they're gonna. <laughs> although I'm gonna be real, they are gonna have that more likely than not. But what I mean is, there's sure. all sorts of stuff, and the board games are becoming definitely becoming more and more popular. And one of the things, this is just a weird like you have some. I'm I'm presuming in a collection as big as yours, you probably have some out of print games too, right? So games that you can get that maybe you might not be able to buy on Amazon. Yeah, I do have some. Um, oh gosh, what was one of them? And some of them, you know, some of the ones that I've had to like every librarian or everywhere. We have to weed our collections down because when stuff doesn't go out or we have limited space and we want to get new stuff in, other stuff just has to go. And one of them was Commands and Colors Ancient. It wasn't in print at that particular time when I weeded it. Yeah. Um, and of course, I'm on Amazon. And it's like going for, you know, a used copy for $134. And I'm going, this is a wonderful game. Why is no one checking it out? But again, if my main audience is family gateway style yeah. games, yeah, of course that didn't go out. Um, yeah, people donate all kinds of stuff. Some of it's real treasures. Some of it's, you know, I've gotten like three copies of Machi Koro, surprisingly. Um, I mean, very good game, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And perfect for, yeah, perfect for the library for it to be checked out. Um, you know, everyone asks about lost pieces and thing, how things get counted. And that's like a whole nother podcast in and of itself. But don't worry. It's okay. It happens. It's all good. Very few people actually lose games, which is excellent. Um, and most people end up paying for them. Because they realize, you know, this is a service that, but yes, if you haven't been to your library, of course, I'm always like, what do you mean you haven't been at your library recently? Of course, I'm, I'm the choir, you know, and I'm preaching this and thinking, oh yeah, everyone goes to the library. But, you know, books, audiobooks, movies, TV shows, CDs, uh, board games, some places have sewing machines you can check out. Mansfield Public Library here in Connecticut has power tools you can check out and take home. North Haven Library most famously started a huge cake pan collection. So when you're making you know, your son's eighth birthday for pirates and he loves pirates, well, the North Haven Library probably has a pirate cake, cake, cake tin. You know, 
Um, besides all the digital stuff that we offer, um, job help and searches, resumes, children's programs, up the yazoo, um, education, entertainment. Um, and again, like Linda said, if we were a quiet place like we used to be, we probably wouldn't exist anymore. Also, we can't be. Yeah, no. I, and one thing, and this is something that I use quite frequently, um, is man, like it's a nice place to just go and you know, for those of people that like work at home, and like so many people are like, oh, I work at home, but I, you know, I can only go to Starbucks so often. Like I go to my local library and pull up into one of those cubes, and I have I have had some of my most productive days of work there with like the hustle and bustle behind me. But man, they got power cables, they got internet. They got yep. little cubbies with like where you can leave your laptop, um, and you know, like that's I, every every library I've, I have ever been to has tables, <laughs> right? Like yeah. so, being the, the, and that's something that that is at least worth exploring when the world opens up again, um, because man, that ha- having that, yeah, man, we can't wait. But um, you know, having that, I, I am so productive when I am at my library, even with you know. Uh, my very good friend working. She probably doesn't like it when I go there uh, because I probably bother her while she's working a lot, but whatever. She'll be all right. Um, Entertainment for the day. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, listen, there, I understand that there are probably worse people that could be there. So um, Jen, where could, if people wanted to find you, um, you're most active on the Instagram. What is your Instagram name? It's boardgame.librarian. I should get rid of the dot at some point in this lifetime, but laziness. What about underscore? What about underscores? That's like the new hip thing. Oh, I'm not hip though. I think I've I've lost my hipness. Yeah, that, I think that's what the dot the dot is there for. Like the dot is like, yep, I'm old, guys. This is Instagram. Yeah. Um, old fart. Yeah. So, um, so definitely a great follow on Instagram. Posts awesome pictures of the board games that come in, and you show you you actually show some of the logistics of how you handle board games coming in and getting put out for circulation. I always love the pictures that you put out and like, hey, check out all the board games we got recently. You know, on one of those racks. Like, I love those pictures because I love to zoom in and see what people sent you or what you grabbed. Yeah. Um, because it is because if you like, it is it is the more wholesome picture like it's the more wholesome version of like the gen con hall photos you know like when gen con (laughs) actually happens and people are like check out my hotel room and it's like capitalist excess like people didn't buy a game for like three years and spent their entire freaking tax return on board games and i've done that though but that's fair i would do this i'm 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 hating because i'm not there myself that's it i would do (laughs) the same thing no hate this year yeah no no hate this year well yeah. yeah, we got one year without it, but you have like the more wholesome version of it where you go and it's like, check out the, all these cool things and all these, and I just really do imagine like these families or, you know, maybe groups of teenagers or whatever, taking some of these games out and having a blast because that's really what board games are all about. You get to have a blast around a table yeah. and you definitely have made that happen for many, many, many people. Um, and so it is super awesome to get you on here. I love talking to you every time I bump into you. Um, which unfortunately this year, I'm a talker. Yeah. Right. Linda's like, God, will these two shut up? Um, no, I'm, I'm enjoying not leading the conversation for the first time all day. It's fine. Yeah, it's fair. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Linda, I do give Linda a bit of a break. 
Um, so everybody, thank you so much for listening. Um, Linda and Jen, would you believe it if I told you that th- that was episode 220 of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast? Wow. We did Crazy. it. Crazy. Awesome. We made it. Amazing. Um, I said it before we started Great. recording, but Jen, like they haven't fired me yet. How impressive is that? Um, Gotta pull the plug, Linda. <laughs> All right, the mutiny will ensue. All right. Yeah. No, Linda, <laughs> Linda won't. Linda won't because uh, she bought a ticket for this ride. I didn't make her do this. She volunteered, <laughs> and uh, and I was like, "Sure, it's cool. You can do a little bit every once in a while." And she was like, "No, for real. I want in." It was like that scene from Fast and the Furious. You know what I mean? Where you know, like they're they're eating the they're eating the, the seafood, and he's like, "Listen, you can't be fixing up all these cars unless you got something else going on." You guys haven't watched Fast and the Furious? <laughs> I mean, it's been on my TV. That's assuming I'm paying attention. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so brief aside, you, there have been nine of those movies. I actually last year with my son, there have been nine of them. Just accept it as fact. It's okay. I wouldn't lie to you. There have been nine of them. Um. <laughs> And uh, my son and I and my sister and my mother um, watched all of them over the course of marathon. two days. And it was amazing. Um, was this be- when you guys were down at the beach house? No, it was not. It was it was over and it was from Good Friday to like Easter or whatever, like that weekend. Ah. And um, so it was Saturday, Friday and Saturday. Um, and that movie, those movies get weird, but anyway, so, um, never mind. It, the people who have seen Fast and the Furious are like, oh man, it was like that scene. Cool. Um, everyone else was like, wow, Steve did one of his things again. So everybody, I appreciate you listening to the podcast. I have a favor for you this week. In fact, I have two. One, every single person that listens to this podcast knows one other person that needs to see it or hear it. So, uh, I don't care how you do it, smoke signals, Facebook Messenger, that new Facebook room thing they just launched today and put on all our phones. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it is. If you look at your phone, it's right there. Open up your phone. It's right above Facebook Stories. Oh, jeez, um, yeah. Create room. Whole, yeah, like uh, it's basically like Google Hangouts, but but Mark Zuckerberg listens to all your conversations. Um, <laughs> whatever. Um, so the I don't care how you do it, folks. Just – Share the link to more people because a bigger audience means more guests, bigger guests, bigger, weirder things that we can do. Um, let's just, you know, get crazy. The second thing is, if you didn't know, the number one way to help us appear in more feeds and get more downloads is to actually leave a review. Um People download the show all the time, but the algorithms are driven by the number of reviews. So if you have not reviewed the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast on your podcast service of choice, uh, please do so. If you think we deserve five stars, which hint, hint, please please feel like we deserve five stars, do so. And uh, that, that would be awesome. And the good news is you only have to do it once. You guys, I'm on Skype and Jen's in, Jen's behind her webcam like totally like th- double thumbs down, one star Yelp review. She like 100% she just fart noised in all of our ears. She 100% just Karen'd me right on oh, like she's rolling onto my Yelp page. Too. It's bad. With a C. Oh, yeah. oh with a C? Oof. Anyway, everybody, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week. It will be video game week. Holy crap, there's so much to talk about. Uh, 
Yeah, I don't even I don't even know. They it's, it's crazy. So video game stuff. <laughs> I'm being very specific. Um, they debuted the Unreal Engine five today, and it's very pretty. That's all we got. And we're gonna talk about some other stuff too. Um, until next time though, I, I hope you have a great day, and don't forget to safely get your family game on. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. We did it. Music for the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast is Android Sock Hop by Kevin McLeod and audio production by Six Pack Nerds Productions.